Matthew chapter 6. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about the body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? 
Therefore, do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. And today on the podcast, we continue our look at the Sermon on the Mount, or as we've been talking about it, the invitation to live life upside down. Um, we, over the last couple of weeks, have discovered that Jesus in, in lays out an upside down ethic, mm-hmm. and some upside down blessings. Yeah. And today we move into a section that could be labeled upside down piety, right? An upside down way of expressing our faith and allegiance and our trust in God. Uh, but before we get too far into that, we have to continue in this upside down world. Oh my goodness. Looking at 30 second summaries for this section of scripture. You all had a moment just a second ago to hear it, but we know that sometimes taking a little context and a little, um, a little more breadth to it. And condensing it real fast into 30 seconds. And real, you know, you don't know how quick 30 seconds is until someone like says, You're on the clock. Do this. Ready? Yes. Go. yes. That's right. And I'll feel much more for the people who are on TV and have, you know, are told they've got somebody in their ear and they're like, All right, you got 10 seconds to make a point. You got to land it on the plane because <laughs> we're going to commercial. Ready and go. You know, it is a much more difficult task mm-hmm. than you might think. So today, as we get started, who wants to go first? I got 30 seconds up on the timer. Oh, my goodness. I, ha- I have an angle that I think I can go first. Okay. okay. All right. Kiefer, in three, two, one, begin. So chapter six, he kind of goes into like a Maslow's hierarchy of needs territory almost. Uh-huh. I, I got it because it's like, don't worry about your clothing and your food and the things that they actually, we think we do like baseline first need to worry about. He says, those will be given to you. Worry about others, worry about the kingdom, worry about love, and like, you know, live in a different society. It's back to that dual citizenship that I've been mm-hmm. talking about this whole time. So it's kind of cool that he's sort of like, no, start like three or four rings up, Maslow's hierarchy. Two seconds left. Two, I see the timer. <laughs> yeah. There we go. All right. Very nice, Keeper. Yeah, not bad. Not that was bad. what was going through my head while I was reading. I was like, this is sort of like. Did Maslow's you have to Google needs. Maslow? I. No, I, I googled it. I googled it to I make sure. A pyramid on I, I did Google it to make sure, like the order, because I was, I was thinking like they were the base, and I needed to make sure that I was right so that I didn't publicly like <laughs> sound like a fool. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. You ready? Three, two, one. Okay, so in chapter six, what we have is we have Jesus saying, don't be like extra. Don't go over the top. Don't do it in your religion. Don't do it in the way that you pray. And then you have this nice little break where it's familiar and it's uh, the Lord's prayer, essentially. Then you go back and Jesus is still saying, don't be extra. Don't do the look at me's. And it goes back to fasting. And then it continues on and it kind of shifts perspectives and it moves on. Oh my goodness, the time is going down so fast. Um, And it's like, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Don't have anxieties. Don't be next and fashion just be commercial (laughs) just be commercial 
Yeah, like don't um, don't be way over the top. Next, ne- I'm watching Netflix's uh, Next in Fashion and okay. everything that walks that runway is pretty extra, crazy. Extra. Okay, um, but instead, oh, okay, I see now. Like in terms of fashion, yeah, that's don't. I was like commercial men in my head, like like a, of the world, TV, and I was like, yeah. he's totally not my saying brain, that. <laughs> my brain's residing in a different kind of space right now, apparently. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, that's hard. That right. is hard. That is hard. It's a pretty dense one. It is. There's a lot going on. And it's there. the most like. I felt real good fire. about my first 15 seconds, and then not so good about yeah. the last second 15. All right. I guess I got to go now too, huh? You do. You're yes. not gonna let me escape this. No. 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 Okay. All right. Three, two, one. I think in chapter six, what Jesus issues is an invitation. An invitation to a different way of being that says, your way, God, not mine. As it says in the Lord's Prayer, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. May earth be like heaven. May I have today what I need for today. Right? That is echoed again in the invitation not to worry. Uh, it's also echoed in the invitation to not have, not to store up for things on earth, but allow um, to, to build up treasure in heaven. Right? Trust God enough to spend your work as a citizen of the new kingdom, ushering in a new way of being. Ah. All right, one second right. over. One Man. second over. Uh-huh. You know what so. I'm starting to notice now that we're two chapters into this is how consistent his like line of like like where he started from and like where he's going yeah. is. It's yeah. like really striking to me cuz he was just talking about it, what didn't we just read like the let your yes be yes and your nose yep. be nose or am I getting that from mm-hmm. somewhere else? No, no. From, yep, okay. Yep. Yeah, cuz so we like he just said that and he's sort of laying this groundwork of like just be like just be there's like i don't know any it, it just seems i don't know if i can put the right words to it right now i'm still forming the thought it's just it just seems so like logical next steps are happening like he's laying mm. it out really well must be a really good sermon i don't know it's right in y'all's right. No, sermon writing opinions like i mean it? that's that's one of the things too of like any kind of oral speaking like the like thing that you get drilled into is say where tell them what you're going to tell them tell them what you're telling them tell them what you told them like right. it's all that repetition and it's it's grounded there and it's you know recently i've been doing some writing projects for um curriculum for some other things for some stuff that's coming up here you know all these kinds of things and i find myself like drawn over and over again to old testament mm. and um it was funny because my husband actually for one of them was like melissa they need you to be in the gospels for this and i was like but there's so much in the Old Testament. And then I was like, no, Patrick's right. Mm. But anyways, but I, I have found that one of the reasons I think I'm finding so much that I love in the Old Testament right now is because it even grounds and makes that clear line that Jesus is offering in the Sermon Mount of mm. on the Mount. Like it just deepens and it strengthens that line that it's like he knew what he was pulling from. Like this isn't right. this isn't a different thing from what's been told already right. but he just does it in such a like crystallizing way that you do have a new moses you know um, well as he said he didn't come to to eliminate the law mm-mm. but to fulfill it or to transcend it right to yeah. to elevate it and and help it come to deep meaning one of the things that popped out to me that didn't make it into the 30 second summary but when he's talking about piety here in in early parts of chapter six he says whenever you give to the poor whenever you pray whenever you fast like the assumption is that the people he's talking to and he's talking to everyday ordinary people and the disciples who are following him very devotedly 
is that the people will be praying. The people will be giving <clears throat> to the poor. Yeah. There is an inherent assumption of life connection and investment right. already in here. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think I can infer from that what you're given to us, Melissa, in that there's also an assumption that people know the stories. Yeah. Right. And so he's able there there's a level of assumed knowledge about the story of, of Israel and God's people right. and its history. Yeah. That that he's able to kind of touch on and allude to that that we may miss from time to time. But like the the guy, hey, we got culture. a guy on a mountain offering oh, yeah. commandments. This is Moses. You don't miss you know, it. Yeah, you don't miss it. Um, yeah, there. Used, so something that used to actually bother me. I used to. I probably said before on the podcast that I used to get really bothered with scripture because it just felt like there was so much to tackle, and there is. And what there was one thing that used to get under my skin, and it was that whenever he would talk to to a Jewish audience, and like even in this, we just read that he, there's a, a point where he sort of calls out almost the Gentiles. He's like, oh, even the Gentiles do that. Right. It's sort of a common phrase right. that happens. But we always see Jesus, we see Jesus encounter people who are not Jews plenty of times, and he's always right. like peak levels of kindness and like mm-hmm. Christ to them. And so I've always, that always used to be like, well, what? And then it just hit me that it's like, he know, he knows who he's talking to and he's talking to like he speaks to the Jews as a Jew, and everybody's, and he always speaks to everyone though, like as Christ. And sometimes, mm. so he's like, it's like I don't know if this is the correct use of this, but like code switching is like a thing, mm. and I don't know the real definitions of that, so I'm probably misusing <laughs> it. But it's like he's he's he talks to the Jews as a Jew, and as he was raised as a Jew and is a you know a rabbi, been baptized and all that kind of stuff, and then he goes and continues to spread this kingdom like even to the people who he just said to the Jews, like, like it's, it's, you can see this like happening everywhere. And sometimes it doesn't like make a ton of sense to me, at least Mm. where it's like, you just said, even the Gentiles do this. And then you went and like the woman at the well, like, you know, things like that, like where you're just so kind to, to, and not telling them like about the fasting and the like he he doesn't ever bring up like the Jewish things to the Gentiles, but he always brings them. I don't know that. And it's one of those things too, like, right. You see that with the prophets over and over again, like it's the shock to the Jewish people that Jesus is serving, that mm-hmm. like Jesus would go and interact with the Gentiles. But yet if you look at like Jeremiah's words, you see that like there's this image where there will be a day. Um, Jeremiah is prophesying during a time where they're, they're being sent into Babylonian exile. Right. And Jeremiah is saying it's going to be a long time. But then he's also offering this like image of hope that one day though, there will be, like mm-hmm. a new Jerusalem and all the nations will stream into this new Jerusalem. So it's like, why wouldn't we be also yeah. welcoming, right? right? Like Jesus, again, like you pointed out, uh, Daniel, Jesus isn't coming to abolish what's been said by everyone before, but to uplift it and to fulfill it, right? Jesus right. like, mm-hmm. and now we're going to go talk to the woman at the left. Right. Like now we're going to do yeah. these things. Uh, that you haven't been doing doesn't doesn't isn't that one of the first like kind of church issues that Paul is sort of dealing with too is the Gentile yep. Jew yes. thing is like Absolutely. how do we because people are wanting them the to Jerusalem like Council follow the Jewish laws yeah. and I think Paul never said like he he was always sort of like isn't he the one that was like you know when he said something about maybe eating or like so the whole Council of Jerusalem was was founded or not founded but uh, ground in argument as to whether I mean. We had an early church council all about circumcision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? that was the one. And literally. It was the, literally. And, and, and this is not a metaphorical thing. It was, are we going to force all of these people who aren't Jewish to take on this literal physical sign of 
the commitment and covenant to God, right? Mm -hmm. As full-grown adults, are we going to make them do it? And, and they had one of the big first councils of the church and, and over that. Because mm -hmm. the argument was, how do we take this thing that has historically been so grounded within the people of Israel and help it become a thing that it is to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the whole world, as it says in Acts 1, right? Mm -hmm. you know, had you know, there, there are stumbling blocks along the way and, and people are of different minds on things. Yeah. And, you know, I think yeah. that it's probably instructive for humanity, right? If we had a whole church council to argue about circumcision, you know, there's plenty of other times where we argue about stuff that, the, you know, later <laughs> generations will look at us and Good go thing like, we stopped getting hung up on the small stuff, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we've taken adventures and missing the point. Yes. Uh, it, it's a great We're historic Christian it practice. Yep. Um, it's part of the reason why the Christian family tree has so many branches. Right. Um, right. Part of it, I think, is deeply rooted in the truth that we're all different and we're wired a little different and God speaks to us in different ways, yeah. right? Um, and, and God speaks to us in the ways that's mo that is most fruitful for life transformation and life change, mm -hmm. right? Just as Jesus talks to the Jews like Jews and talks to the Gentiles in a whole different way. Yeah. I also couldn't help but find like this chapter very relevant for Lent coming up. Yeah. Um, Lent, a time yeah. of practice where there is sacrifice involved yep. and that, um, you know, sometimes we want to be like the, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at what mm. I've given up. Like, this is so yeah. hard that I've given it up. Right. But then, like, that's you look at my that. reward, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, if, if that's how I go, right? And and sometimes you do it because you want to be in community with people. You want to do it. But there's, right, it goes back to what we talked about last week of, like, where's the heart of the intent? And that there is something... Um, that Christ lifts up in this. I, I love it. He says it with like, I think in the fasting passage of it, of, you know, what's done is in secret, your father will see your right. father who sees in the secret will reward you yeah. of that. There are times too, where like, yeah, no, like it's not for, you know, you to go about and be like, look at this grand thing I'm doing for mm -hmm. God. It's just about go about and do it. Yeah. Um, and God will see it. And I also think about that in just kind of, how we're called to live of sometimes I think the most um, incredible people that we know are not the people that are going to put themselves in the spotlight. Mm. Um, it's the yeah. people who just are faithful to the work they're called to and they just do it. And, and people see that, right? They don't right. need um, like the affirmative words to make them mm do that but rather um the reward is just in the work itself in the work itself yeah and what they're called to do um which is convicting for me yeah as someone who stands up in a spotlight literally once a week it, it you know it is and it's important i mean i think jesus is getting at the same idea we it feels like a transition in topic when we move to you can't serve two masters you can't serve god and wealth yeah. But the application is the same, right? You can't serve God in adoration of yourself, right? You can't serve right. yeah. God and the seeking of the spotlight for yourself. I think right? that's the perfect word to use, at least in the English translation too. Like the, the you can't serve wealth. Because when you think about like wealth, especially how it's talked about in scripture, it doesn't just mean money. It definitely means money, but it like, it means like all it's a holistic of the life thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Success. And so, and that's, means, I think the yeah. shortest sentence in this whole thing is you cannot serve God and wealth. Like, right. It was the it was the blank like here's the statement and I yeah it kind of hits you the it does it hits because we live um, 
you know, not to go Enneagram nerd on you for a second, right? <laughs> but as a three at the table, we live in a culture, right? That is a very three culture, right? Yes. A very success-driven culture, a very wealth-driven culture, and, and not just financial wealth, but wealth in all of its forms. We live, you know, where we're told from word go, your, your goal, right, it is to live your best life now or, or whatever that ends up being, right? I think part of the reason why our generation has significant credit card debt issues and things is we're trying to live the life our parents mm. lived, you know, 40 years later or 30 years later right now, right? In terms of vacations and right. houses and cars yep. and all of that kind of craziness. Um, right. With a greater debt load that we each carry as with, well. With a greater debt load and economic reality that is, that is remarkably different. Yeah. Um, you know, when we, it's interesting, you look at the, and I'm going to eco nerd you for a second, but <laughs> if you look at the last 40 years, mm-hmm. on a nominal sense, wages have risen pretty significantly, right? If you just look at the numbers, wages, you know, the, the graph for wages is up and to the right, which is mm-hmm. where you would hope it would be. But inflation adjusted average wages is, it's not quite flat but it's much more flat mm. where wealth accumulation for the whole of the economy is still up and to the right in a pretty significant yeah. way over the last 40 years. But we've seen a real condensing of that, of that wealth across the board. So your average person is not, you know, the, the stock market will say we've had 40 straight years of economic growth and life is hunky dory and great, right? GDP <laughs> has, has grown and grown and grown and grown where the guy who created the GDP stat said this should never be used as a, as a proxy for well-being in a society. And yet we use it as a proxy for well-being yeah, we in society over and over again. Anyway, average wages have not grown in the same way or at the same rate as the way the economy has grown over time. Mm-hmm. And, and so we've got a lot of people who have increased debt load because education is more expensive, even though real wages have not increased. Right. We've got more limited opportunity mm-hmm. um, than exists historically. And so we've got people who, you know, may feel like they have to make life choices choices to serve their financial lives. Right. Because they've already built in overhead. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we may have families that say we'd prefer to be a one parent working family and a one parent at home family, but financially we just can't swing it because we've already built in this overhead, right? Yeah. And so yeah. we, we kind of have the... And you see that pressure that people carry, oh, yeah. the oh, yeah. worry, the anxiety that builds up with it. And you see it not even just with like those... Um, in um, the like earning years of your lives, but you also see it when you look at the high schools in the junior mm-hmm. highs, you see it in the, the pressures that these students carry. And I think there's some really incredible things of like getting students in hands um, applications of future job careers, like in high school. But the double-edged sword of that, too, is that if you don't know what you want to do, right, Right. you can feel that pressure even greater. And so it makes this passage that Jesus says, like in our culture even, just absurd. Yeah. Like, don't worry. Like, the grasses of the fields are here today and gone tomorrow, and the sparrows don't worry. They're pretty little heads that are dressed more beautifully than Solomon mm-hmm. ever was, right? Right. And Solomon's winning whatever Netflix show That's you're right. watching, right? Yeah. He next is all, he's next on next on next. That's right. Fashion, he is. Right. Um, but, like, it, it 
to hear those words, I think, probably come off as like just pure absurdity mm-hmm. when said in the context of of a lot of family homes and workspaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the gifts, too, of of church spaces. Yeah. Is because uh, Jesus saying absurd things that sound ridiculous in our life. Right. In a sacred space filled with people gathered. Um, whether it looks high and holy or more relaxed and contemporary, but whatever that sacred gathering space is, these words don't seem as crazy anymore. Mm. Yeah. Well, it gives us a, a place and a community and an opportunity to to more deeply wrestle with the truth that we feel within our so- lives and our souls, but also the truth that we're told is found in these pages. Yeah. Um, because yeah, there are a lot of moments where it, you know, when we think about the the thriving as culture has described it. Mm-hmm. This feels absolutely absurd. Um, but then there's so many other moments where, with a slight shift in perspective, it, it's not that Jesus promised that everything will be, always be perfect and hunky dory, right? Right. Um, but there will be moments and segments and pieces of care in every step of it. You know, and and there's there's just a opportunity to um, to see something from from a new angle. The the line that jumps out for me, and and I know we've talked about Jesus and the Jews and Gentiles and stuff like that, but verse thirty two says, "Gentiles long for these things." Mm. The word that jumps off the page for me there is "long," right? If this whole chapter has been about right relationship with stuff, yeah, right, Um, you know. Part of what in the call not to worry is is not a call to Pollyanna putting our head in the ground, right? Oh, yeah. But to how do we develop a right relationship with with stuff and with life and, and with the things that give us anxiety, right? Because there are some of the things in, that give us anxiety that are wholly natural and rooted in in all of the the best impulses within us, right? How we but best... bears coming after you? I'm running. Sure. Yeah. I mean, in this room. I'm doomed because y'all both are going to go much faster. Like Daniel's much taller. There's, But anyways, yeah, like there's places for anxiety to kick in mm. and uh, those hormones of cortisol and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. But when our anxiety and our worry is a function of our longing, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's are we spending our life worrying about how many likes did our thing get when we posted on Instagram? Yes. No. <laughs> I mean, legit. Sometimes, uh, sometimes, right? Yeah. Right? You know, I, confession of a pastor type. Sometimes you feel like you have something profound to say and you put it out into the world and you get crickets and it's like, <laughs> that was good. What's the problem? Why am I not being they interviewed on Ellen? Right. right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, but, but I think what Jesus would say to me in those moments and would say to all of us is that longing comes from that adoration of you mm-hmm. yeah not from the the ushering in of a new kingdom right that ushering in of a new way of being in which all humanity is seen and known and loved and and, and thrives in its own way mm-hmm. yeah um so that word long jumps off the page what you know what is the source of our worry mm. right is the source of our worry that our child has everything they need to thrive so that they can become everything God longs for them to be? 
Or is it that so our kid can be the kid that everybody points to and goes, man, their parents did a fantastic job. <laughs> right. They must have great genes and great raisin. Mm-hmm. Parenting win. Right? Yeah. Both of our worries and our anxieties are related to our kids and their thriving. The impulse for one comes from a very healthy place. And the impulse from the other comes from a self-adoration place. Right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this... A surface level reading of this can come off as very, okay, thanks, Pollyanna Jesus, <laughs> right? Right. But there's such a deep care. Yeah. There's such a deep care that 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 there is that, like, how do you reorient your life around it? Mm. And that probably brings us a good, to a good point to do like Dio Divina. I think so. Mm-hmm. It's one of those practices that helps us orient. That's right. Day in and day out. Yeah. In this ancient practice, we will lift up the verses to you, as you are probably familiar with if you've listened to this series of podcasts. So this first time that I read the scripture, I invite you to prepare yourself first, to take a deep breath in and let it go. If you are at home, If you are cleaning or cooking, to pause for a moment. If you're driving, to take a moment to just focus in, to let go of the to-do list running in your head, to be fully present in this moment. If you've got a piece of paper or a note app open, feel free to jot down your words, your emotions, your actions, as they arise for you. On the first reading of the text, I invite you to listen for what word jumps out to you. Hear the word of the Lord. Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, stop worrying about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What is your word? second reading of the text, I invite you to hear these words again, this time allowing any emotion that you're feeling to come to the surface. Hear the word of the Lord for the second time. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, Stop worrying about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What emotion is rising to the surface in yourself? Here, final reading. This time, 
ask God what you're being called to do. What concrete action can you do in response to the reading and time spent with this text? Perhaps it's even something as tangible as you're able to do in the next week. Hear the reading of the Lord one final time. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, stop worrying about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. share word emotions actions combination thereof my word was tomorrow um mm. and i'd put money on maybe that may have been your word too most but i don't know we'll see but as a seven to go back to the enneagram mm-hmm. um a lot of the ways that i've felt called out by anytime i read an enneagram thing about sevens particularly is the sort of future mind like living in tomorrow or um at time not personally necessarily years in the future but i've known some sevens who are just like always like 10 years ahead of the game um but i definitely do worry more about tomorrow than i do about today and it's weird because in my head worrying about tomorrow should make me do the things today to make tomorrow like what i want it to be or what no, i'm worried just it won't procrastinate be but them. exactly that's what it, it's like weird <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't help like to worry about tomorrow it, it it helps to worry about today and that is what leads to a better tomorrow i've seen it happen i still i'm just not good at it and so the tomorrow thing uh for me was that was my word mm. my word was first mm. um you know, we're in a season of, of trying to establish a, a 10 year vision for what God is calling us to do and yeah. live into um, as a church family over the next uh, 10 years and sort of what kind of change God dreams might happen uh, in our community, mm-hmm. in our lives personally, in the world. And, and and I've in an attempt to help make that work happen well, I've carved out time in, in, in my week consistently to to do the work of the future. So that mm-hmm. I don't get caught in the whirlwind of the everyday, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the conviction that that popped up in that word first, right? Oftentimes, as a pastor, I substitute the busyness and the work of the church okay. for the ushering in of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so even in this season of long-range planning, even in this season of plenty of whirlwind in the day-to-day, I need to make sure I am grounded first in the deep abiding connection to God's hopes, dreams, and desires, the new kingdom God seeks to usher in in our community so that um, so today, so that the future um, we make possible uh, the future that God dreams 10 years from now by beginning that faithful work today, mm-hmm. right? 
um, the emotion that, that is tied into there a bit is was disconnection, right? Sometimes, you know, one of the things I love about Lectio is the power that it brings. But I also know sometimes there are seasons in my life when that second question, how do you feel right now, right? What <laughs> feeling is, uh-huh. is, is a little more distant. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, but in seasons where I have done the first work first, I'm much more able to access the feeling. You know, if I do mm-hmm. the work of the first, then I'm able to do and name more fully what's going on under the surface. Yeah. And so those two were connected for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the 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 action piece was the carving of time again. I mean, yeah. you know, the it's an affirmation. It's of an that. affirmation, but but carving additional time to make sure that that um, that. I don't confuse church work with kingdom work, right? Because we could have a thriving a organization locally. Point, yeah, man. yeah. Um, you know, we could run a really tight ship and do nothing of Jesus' work. And, and I'm not saying that's any we're close to the case right now, right? right. But taken to the extreme, you know, you, we could run a great nonprofit, mm-hmm. but not be doing kingdom work, right? Yep. And so, how do we make sure to do both of those at the same time? It's kind of the specific mm-hmm. call within um this season for me mine was a phrase um we hit the tomorrows and i was like that is that's what Kiefer is gonna choose i knew i knew that yeah uh, but <laughs> but for me it was uh, enough trouble mine was just like enough trouble that's and like it's funny <laughs> because my emotion was actually peace and i think like if i was actually like enough trouble was all i needed for the phrase but the the actual phrase is each day has enough trouble Right. of its own like is the like sentencing of that um and i have been very intentional to kind of um it's kind of funny because there's a bit of first work that i've like mm. prioritized um not just like for here at work but just in my life like i've been trying to prioritize the thing that sometimes I'll be like, oh, I feel guilty that I'm doing that. And it's it's living by my planner. It is bright yellow. You will probably see me with it now, like mm-hmm. going back to that and just taking the time to really look out at what's going on, what's happening. And so when I look at my planner, if you look at my month view, you think her life is insane, but really like there's a lot of it that is life-giving and energizing mm. for me on it, but it's got everything. And then so I've already done it because um, we record these on Monday mornings. So before I even got to the podcast, I've laid out my week. And if you look at my weekly perspective, again, it looks like she's got enough trouble. Like, <laughs> And I really do. Like each day has enough trouble. But there's also such an invitation that when when I do that work that I can see that daily kind of list of these are the things I need to get done. Um, These are the essentials. These are the things that can get moved. And so I actually noticed it last week. There was a day last week in the office where I I think I spent 10 minutes in my office, my Mm. actual office. It was just, it was people oriented uh, that day. And at the end of a day, if I just knew my like to-do list of the week, I would have been really frustrated at the Mm. end of that day. Mm. Um, And I would have missed out on, um, I would have 
I would have colored looking back at the like individual moments I'd had with different groups of people or individuals. Whereas because I knew the trouble that the day held and I knew that the like one essential thing got done before I left, it meant I didn't put that coloring mm. back on. Yeah. Instead, I was able to say, look at this incredible day where I got to spend time with this person unexpectedly mm. and this person unexpectedly. And I got to pop in with this group of people. And so instead, those things got to stand mm. because I knew what the enough trouble was. So yeah. as funny as it sounds, there was a piece. And then just for me, I guess similar, there was an affirmation to say, keep Keep doing this work. Mm. Know your troubles. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I think what you see there is a profound witness to what Jesus is saying in the not worrying piece, right? It's right. not Pollyanna. No. It, you know, they're, they're, it, the invitation to not worry is not to just sit back and do nothing, right? Right. Um, but, but a witness to when you have ordered your life in a way that seeks to be faithful. There's bandwidth enough. That's right. For each day. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. You felt peace because I felt worry <laughs> at first. I will say it sort of turned into in the third reading, like I I was actively taking breaths like during this because mm-hmm. what you were telling us to do. But um, the last before the last reading, I took a breath and I kind of it shifted into this like awareness of the peace that's like right there mm-hmm. that comes with this, and yeah. so the worry did sort of get lifted off my shoulders. And so, um, yeah, I think this is like a fantastic verse for that. But I definitely, the the to-do that came after that was definitely like, I don't know, re restructure how I go about um, worrying about tomorrow and today and what's, what's important. Like, I guess first is kind of also involved in that. Where mm-hmm. it's like, what am I looking at? What am I trying to solve first? Like, what am I doing right. first? This is one of yeah. those like, things that I love so much about Lectio because there's times where like the three of us were like Seven in such places. opposite right. places and even sometimes on that we'll land on the same word mm-hmm. and be right. and like today like we each had different word or phrase or an entire sentence really in my case but it's fine um, <laughs> did we heard the word extra earlier yeah right? we did the invitation was to do what with to extra what did he say oh, okay. Some, something okay. about the hypocrites it's saying fine. many words I'm pretty sure yeah. that's yeah. What, right. is what Jesus right. said yeah. but like in this interesting way really a lot of what we are doing it all kind of circles around the same thing it kind mm. of plays in the same space where we each are today. Yeah, absolutely. And and I hope it has for you as well as you've listened and engaged. As always, I hope that you have a community to have these conversations with as well. Mm -hmm. So if that involves inviting somebody to listen to the podcast with you and have a coffee debrief conversation afterwards, if that's... Love good coffee. Yeah, brunch and mimosas, if that's, you know, lunch, if whatever it is, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, we invite you to do that. We think this is best received, not on our own, but together. Find your people. That's your invitation to grow this week. Thank you for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. And now go. Go into the world this week, (laughs) trusting that God is with you every step of the way, knowing that even the lilies of the field are beautiful and you are too. Go into the world knowing that as Jesus says in in the prayer that we look at all the time, Lord's Prayer, It's not about you. It's about God. So go knowing that even if you are worried, you don't need to be because it's not about you. 
and know that you go as you go. If you fast this week, know that scripture requires you to when you fast, brush your hair and wash your wash face. Wash your face. Because Lord knows Jesus don't want to look at that. <laughs> Please tell me that's Go recorded. in peace. Oh, it's recording. Amen. Amen. Yeah. We out. <laughs> that's oh, too man. perfect. Yeah.